Okay, can I see now? That's not even a recognizable tune. For black people, it is. Uh, no, for someone black who is able to hear through all the wrong anything. notes. Yeah. If you know, if you're a black person over the age of 29, what song is that that I just sang? Please let me know. So it's the Sam knows how ridiculous he is. That is an infamous song. I won't tell you until we get the comments. We are back, little babies. Podcast. What is in a up? Professional way. This is the Callbacks Podcast. I am Sam Salem, and to my virtual right, I think, is our co-host. Yeah, or left. Deacon Dan, aka Lil Dan Dan, aka number forty-six on the Elon roster. Now he's on a yeah. lot of ladies' roster. Please give it up for Danny Sellers. Mr. Four, I'm not for the streets. I'm not, I'm not allowed to. I'm for the uh, cul-de-sac. <laughs> There's multiple, but it's contained. It's oh, it's not open-ended like that. I'm for the cul-de-sac. That's funny. For those who are new to the program and returners, shout out to every single 300 million individual colleagues out there. Every single American that yeah. tunes in, and the and the few non-Americans. Um, we are virtual. We're, we're normally yeah. in a very professional studio with a great 6K setup. But um, I unfortunately, I mentioned, mentioned this on the podcast before, but unfortunately, my mom is uh, in hospice right now. So, uh, you know, longer stay than anticipated that I'm back home. So just real quick, you know, we'll get to doing the bits. We're all about bringing laughter. But, you know, sometimes life happens. Yeah. And so every single person that is going through loss, that is going through a trying season, you know, on social media, it might just look like Danny and I are just, you know, trying pursuing the dream in the streets. And, uh, yeah. But but uh, real life is happening, and uh, I know my. If you were just to follow me on social media, I know it looks like oh, sold out show, hanging with nephew. But really, uh, professionally, one of the best years of my life. Personally, the worst year of my life. So to everybody who just feels like unseen or unheard, that's a quick. Uh, we love you, and that's not why you follow us. We're more about the humor, but you know, just real life happens. So thanks for bearing with us as we do a remote yeah. episode. Thank you, little babies. <laughs> We're recording this mm-hmm. the night before uh, it drops too, so very last minute, urgent. You know what I'm saying? Up to date, current events. A lot of things are going yeah. on in the world. This is literally hours before. This is the most recent recording to listening you'll hear so uh before we get into the shenanigans before we get into everyone's favorite um bits of danny uh shaming me for being a white person uh yes we like to do a a segment danny trademark danny sellers mental health check what's our mental health on danny little babies and little babettes my mental health feels like <laughs> what's wait, what's the difference between a baby and a babette i just made it up bro what do you mean there's no difference no respect unless you wanted to be a difference i love it I'm, i respect it um but my mental health this week feels like a first date it's like i'm nervous it mm-hmm. could go great it could go mm-hmm. bad i don't know if i'm too early i don't know if i'm too late parking sucks you know, that's my life right now. Part is bad parking. 
It's uh, I don't I don't know if the food's gonna be good. It's all all of that and the above right now. But um, but sometimes the first day slaps. Sometimes the first day slaps. Sometimes either way, that I mean the first date. Not that have I ever even really been on a first date before. I don't think I have. But it it just seems like uh, either way, it's gonna be a story. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. Because the thing about the first date is, or even the first couple of dates, you're you're getting there separately, so you gotta you gotta figure out how late you should be within reason. That's the number one. I'm a very timely person, so I'll show up to so timely on time. Yeah, on time. And it's just like, yeah, I'm 15 minutes late. Now I'm sitting there looking like an idiot at the table for 20 minutes, and I'm like, you don't want to yep. get a full full drink before she gets there. But yeah, especially you gotta, you so you got to check in, in. And, he's, and you got to you got to get there early to find parking, but then wait. Then that makes it a little bit more like, all right, it's not as bad. But um, yeah, and then every, after that, you, then you just kind of got to get through the little awkward first little fifteen minutes that you you coast through the vibes. Yeah, I've gotten um, the first date natural art. You what? I've gotten the first date down to an art. Um, is that a positive thing? Yeah, I mean, because dates aren't necessarily like um, you're having sex with everybody. Just sometimes <laughs> a date, and I think at our big age, sometimes a date is like a very. I love innocent. when you say at our big age. We're thirty-one, bro. We're not twenty-four anymore. Like as adults, you should be able to go on dates and not think too much of it. Like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be no, expecting a bunch. You shouldn't be. Yeah, you shouldn't be demanding a bunch. Like sometimes you go on the first date and it's just like we're just cool and we're just homies. Or or just spend some you time. might like this person. Yeah, you might like this person, but the timing might not be right. So you might go on right. a date and then you might not do nothing for months and months and months. And then you oh you reconnect. Oh, it's a little vibe now. Like you know we're both maybe in town now, or you just finished the job, or maybe you were getting over somebody, vice versa, and then the vibes are yeah. right. That's my biggest thing I can get anybody dating right now. A lot of people I feel like complain about dating and especially in the big city that we live in. Just don't take it serious. Not in the sense that you don't respect people's time, but don't no, take I it know, serious I... in the sense Yeah, don't take it like don't expect anything. Just go treat it like it. you're a commercial actor auditioning. You send the audition in and you just forget about yeah. it and don't expect a callback. And if the callback comes, great. That's it. Callbacks are great. Callbacks is great. I want to get back to you being a timely person thing because I feel like every relationship, I I hate Danny so much. One time we were talking about how he's always on time to things and I'm late. He's like, yeah, that's why I was D1 and you weren't. <laughs> yeah. So first off, you're a menace for Sorry. that. Second off, Danny would be like, Sorry, I'm running a little late today. Most people, when you say, Hey, let's meet up at 11 a.m. Most people knows that means like you can show up around eleven fifteen. Daniel will be like, "Oh, sorry, I'm running a little late," and he shows up at eleven o three. It's like that, brother. That's on time. Yeah, and he's the same guy who's like, "Oh, yeah, you can come in my car." Sorry, it's a little messy. And there's a single gum wrapper on the driver or the passenger side floor, <laughs> and it's like that's not that's not messy. That's just you dropped something. I should have been a Navy Seal, bro. Yeah, I like been. America. Um. <laughs> Well, that's the uh, that's the mental health. Mental health is on it's on first date status. My mental health is uh, yeah. It, you can't even even for podcasting. It's too dark too too dark to share. A good restaurant can help a vibe out 
tremendously. I went to a, like finding new restaurants in the city that you live. I challenge mm-hmm. anyone that's whether you live in a big city or not, even if you live in a smaller city, find cool new restaurants. I'm not a crazy foodie per se, but a lot of restaurants, the vibe alone is like, oh, this is a good chance to get out the house, a good little, you know, watch the game, good little have a drink. And maybe this is what everybody does at our big age, but I haven't been doing this as like most of my adulthood, at least not enough. But like finding new restaurants kind of slaps. And it's not always the fanciest ones. It's just like, you know, decent $30 plates, like slaps, especially in LA. So many options. It's crazy. Dude, that's a great point. Nothing like a dive bar. Me and uh, Joe Dombrowski, uh, fellow alumni of this podcast, he's a big, bad touring headliner. I got to open from in Minneapolis, and we went to this place called Matt's Bar, which, if you know, you know, Minneapolis, home of the Juicy Lucy, which is a, a famous oh. cuisine. And uh, it's, hey, uh, <laughs> it's all they sell. <laughs> it's two hamburger patties formed around a block of cheese, so the block of cheese just melts inside the burger, and it kind of is explosive to be honest but uh it is the, juicy lucy <laughs> it is the diviest 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 spot and uh there's nothing like a good mental health reset by just having a pitcher of beer in the diviest bar you can find that's the uh, oh yeah a good midwest uh, bar a good Miss midwest bar is undefeated for sure bro Speaking of speaking of midwest bars midwest i went to a midwest i, mid, I went to a midwest uh barbecue this um mm-hmm. this weekend and tell me why this house had bulk store-bought rb sauce yeah that's tragic you sent me this picture and i i thought you know like you get like something like it's not safe for work on your phone when you're at work <laughs> i was at home and you sent it to me and i still was like worried like hold on what like what's going on like, i thought I didn't close the tab or something. It was disgusting to see that on my phone show up. For like, for why the, does that exist? Visual for the visual watchers, I'm holding up. This is not like Arby's, which who's eating at Arby's? Actually, I kind of like Arby's. <laughs> right. Loki, Loki, Still? Arby's roast beef. I haven't had it in a long time, but if if someone was like, "I'm going to Arby's," I'm like, "Yeah, let me get a roast beef and curly fries." Anyway, this house just didn't have extra like packets from Arby's. They had a full, like the same way you would buy a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch or Frank's Red Hot. They had a bottle of Arby's sauce. And (laughs) I texted Danny saying, do you, what what do you do if you pull up to the function and they got (laughs) Arby's sauce? And he's like, leave immediately. The fact that, (laughs) the fact that they went to the store specifically and bought a la carte Arby's sauce (laughs) is concerning. (laughs) That's tragic, but, uh, bro. That's disgusting. That's an executive yeah, shout decision. Shout out my Uncle Don. And, um, <laughs> did he stand in it ten toes? Like, yeah, bro, I bought it. And so what? My other, my uncle who bought it was just like, dude, I saw this at the store and it was hilarious. I just had to buy it. He was like, it's just funny to me that they had it. My other uncle was like, just enveloping his his uh, Caribbean jerk chicken in RB sauce. <laughs> Uh, I'm saying what? God. This is the best. So, um, what's uh, your uh, so shout out Uncle Scott for 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 ten, standing ten toes in RB sauce. What's your um? Uh, that's what I want in the DMs and in the comments. Y'all been more active in the DMs. I want the what's your unpopular? What's your unpopular condiment of choice? Because we got some people here in Minnesota really rocking with RB sauce. Yeah, let us know. I mean, I'm I'm number one. Honey mustard is my my go to. Yeah, and I'll horrible. eat honey mustard with. 
Yeah. Well, I, I don't like Polynesian sauce from Chick-fil-A. A lot of people, I feel like either honey mustard or so like barbecue slash Polynesian. Is it really Polynesian sauce? It is, yeah. Caucasian sauce. What no, I'm that, saying you're not liking it like, is what's racist. Oh, I'm sorry. My <laughs> uh, the Polynesian uh, Caucasian sauce is... Caucasian sauce is just vinegar with a hard R. <laughs> Let's go. That's a good bits. bit, brother. We're doing bits good, on the podcast. Good bit. My yeah, brother in joke. Uh, you opened up for Trinity Unaka, former guest of the pod. Yes. Uh, UCSB. Um, beautiful camp. I didn't, I've been in Santa Barbara once. I did this last week. I've been in Santa Barbara once, and that was my second time. If I went to a school that beautiful, I don't know if I would have made it. Like on, that it's on the beach, unbelievable. Bro. It's literally it's on the beach. It is like a lot of people in Minnesota and Wisconsin Midwest. They have cabins like where it's like okay, Minneapolis is the city. You live in the suburbs. You drive two mile or two hours outside of the cities, and it's just like middle of nowhere. But you can buy a nice house on a lake and it's just peaceful santa barbara is like the la version of having a like the la version of having a cabin because it's still like a real city with a ton of stuff but at the same time it's slower pace of life than la there's wine tasting rooms everywhere the nightlife is crazy the ocean like yeah i don't know how people went i needed a boring school yeah my school was yeah relatively my school was boring for sure like private school elon was private school it had like almost six thousand students so it wasn't tiny but it wasn't big but it was in a boring town and i would go visit like unc like, i used to date this girl with unc and then uh i used to meet people at the other school at like wake forest wake was kind of small but it was still like a bigger school just in notoriety right. and there was other right. big schools around it and um I will go to UNC specifically and be like, oh, this is what college is actually like. Like, if I went to school here, I would not be a complete human being. Like, it's so much right. fun to be had all the time. That it, like, Even Duke, for, like, it's just like a different pace. It's levels to, like, going to college. You know, I had a couple of homies that went to, like, military schools or, like, super strict religious. I guess you went to a super strict religious school. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, I don't know how I would have – even that is extreme. Like, I don't, it seems like I wouldn't have made it just like off of not being able to have fun, you know? Yeah. You like, we couldn't even be in the girl's dorm, not even like the rooms. Like we couldn't even be in like the lobby hanging out past yeah. like 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And in college, like 11 is like, that's when like the night begins of like hanging out. Like, you know, so yeah. that's what's crazy. But with Santa Barbara, with Chinadu, anything notable just opening, like, was it a college? Was it for college kids? Like it was a college gig or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the college. It was good. It was good, man. You know, like it was just, it's, that was the first time I ever got to open for somebody, you know, on the road, quote unquote. Um, so that was dope. And I was a, super appreciative of it. And, um, you know, just like, it's one of those things where, and you know this too, now you're starting to open up for people, just getting those reps and the repetition and the experiences of just opening up for somebody, going somewhere outside of where you normally do shows thinking about the audience, thinking about how you adjust your jokes a little bit, thinking about maybe what the headliner is going to say. Maybe you don't want to step on their, their toes. It's just like a good experience. And it makes you feel like, oh, I'm starting to do the right thing in this comedy game because someone wants me to open for them. And that's like, if people that are listening, 
when you headline and you ask someone to open for you, that's like a, that's like one of the biggest compliments you can get uh, as an up and coming comedian, essentially, because that person's handpicking you as like the opening act, you know, as the person to right. warm the crowd up per se. They trust you at least, you know. Right. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, hey, come do this show. We're all doing 10 minutes. It's like, hey, my fans have paid for a sitter. They've paid $30 right. for tickets. They this is their one night out for the week, for the month, for the year. Like, I trust you to give them a good night. And it it is a great experience. Like I mentioned, I got to open for for Joe Dombrowski. Check him out if you don't already. Couple of you, I'm so bad with remembering names, but that was cool. After too, like you do meet and greet with all the fans, and two two of y'all, one of the nights came up randomly, and we're just like, I, I didn't know you were gonna be here. I listened to callbacks. I wanted one of them had the same mm-hmm. name as my sister. I want to say it's Hannah. Hannah, is it Hannah? If you're out there, slide in the callbacks DMs and say, oh, it was me. But thank you for saying what's up. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, obviously the goal is to like be the. How amazing would it be to be the the headliner that's selling out theaters? But in terms right. of like, right, right, right. in in terms of just like how chill it is, middling or featuring for someone. For those unfamiliar with stand up comedy, like typically on the road, it'll at the comedy clubs there'll be host that does anywhere from ten to twenty minutes, and then a feature act that'll do anywhere from fifteen to thirty minutes, and then it'll be the headliner that does anywhere from forty five to an hour. To be that middle or feature act, the host already did the hard part where. The people are, they're having to perform while people are ordering their food. They're not, haven't quite had a drink Mm -hmm. and they haven't settled in. They maybe don't understand comedy. Like, oh, I thought it was just going to be the headliner the whole time. The host bites the bullet. The middle, it's just like, I don't have to worry about ticket sales because I'm not headlining. I don't have to worry about hosting and introducing. I just get to show up carefree, get free drinks. And and do a good amount of time too. Yeah. And do a good amount of time. So, um, and it's just, dude, you meet. I've realized from Joe Dombrowski's fans are truly some of like the coolest, most laid back, supportive people in comedy. Like they were all so nice, but also on the road, people are crazy. Like I say this all the time. People are like, oh, how, Sam, how could you be a teacher? Like kids are crazy. It's like, have you have you met adults? Like if you put, <laughs> if you put any age group all if you put 2000 yeah. people in the same age group in the same building, it's going to be insane, whether that's 15 year olds or that's 40 year olds. And uh, that's sometimes what it right. feels like after a, after a big sold out comedy show because we're dude we're, the people will like bring gifts and people are like trying to you know oh get attention whatever it is. Or I'm taking yeah. pictures for Joe because he's got all these fans and so they're they're going through and and this one woman is like basically just like hey come over here if we're gonna cheat let's at least do it right. And I'm thinking like, because she was, they were both standing in a line and it looks like they were budging the line. So I thought she meant like, Hey, if we're going to skip all these people, but no, what she meant was like, they were, they were like cheating on their partners and going out together and then like taking a picture and documenting it. And I'm just like, how do you like, look, let those without sin cast the first stone. But also at the same time, (laughs) I'm like, bro what like who just openly says that to a comedian like <laughs> like oh yeah this is anyway so it's it's funny seeing people uh it's funny seeing people out on the road and just the shows are fun though the shows are good and, like it was rocking yeah those were awesome and then i also headlined with 
Eli Leonard, another alum of the pod, we did a co-headlining thing and had a couple sold out shows. And that's when you forget like, oh yeah, like this is what it could be. Like you actually get paid a, a livable wage and it's a packed house and you get to do 40 minutes and spend time doing crowd work. So I want to shout out everyone who came from that. I know the homie Trey who regularly listens to the podcast. He DM'd the podcast and was like, well, Danny's not going to be there. So I guess I'll just go to support the other guy that isn't Sam. <laughs> he's, he's doing bits in the DMs. <laughs> big so, bits. Uh, big bits. Yeah. So it's cool. How um, it's been a couple weeks. How are you feeling since the your congrats? Your your special hit ten thousand views on YouTube. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. It's you know when I when I first dropped this special, people that are listening. I my when I uploaded it, I'm thinking like if I can get just over a thousand views on this, I won't look like an idiot, you know, because I, I had no subscribers on my YouTube. I had maybe like seven or eight maybe shorts on my YouTube at the point. I had like maybe 20 subscribers. So I had no real momentum on my YouTube channel at all. And a lot of, a lot of comedians these days are putting out specials with like production companies. So they have like 800 pound gorilla or, um, four by three or what are these production companies that are, or don't tell. And they have, yeah, comedy dynamics. So they, their channels, they might be on YouTube, but their channels have a little bit of following already. So when they when their special gets posted, they can kind of f- fall in line with some of that viewership that these channels have, which is a, you know, a good thing. More people see your stuff. It's like a different version of a Netflix special, essentially. You're getting the co-sign by Netflix. They own the rights to it, maybe, and whatever. I don't know the exact details of how these production companies work with how they license it out, whatever, but I just wanted to put it out and I have to try to sell it, all that stuff. So then um, when I, I, and I hit over 10,000 views uh, a couple days ago since this came out. And that was, I mean, even that alone is just like, bruh, amazing. Because like I said, I'm, not, I'm expecting maybe to get a little thousand, fifteen hundred, and maybe off of me posting on Instagram or something, I'll eventually get to five, ten after a couple of months. So, that's been like super cool to see. And you know, 10,000 in the grand scheme of things, sure, it's not like the biggest number compared to all the YouTube specials you see. But I think like my circumstances of just getting started, having nothing on my page, and that's all being just organic people following, commenting, sharing with it, and then the algorithm kind of picking it up slowly. I feel super good about it, bro. And um, I posted about this today on Instagram. But the thing I love the most about putting art out is that when people give you specific feedback, sometimes people just be like, oh, you, you know, good job, you know, or, you know, your, your set was so funny or whatever, whatever, whatever. But when people give you like specific jokes as if it's like a, a song on an album, like I love this specific song. That right. is like the most rewarding thing because you, as you know, you put so much work into these jokes and a lot of times these jokes are stuff that's happened to us in real life. So we internalize this kind of traumatic or frustrating or annoying thing and put it into a humorous thing. It's it's such a rewarding feeling to get that specific feedback. And it's been right. It's been all over the place as far as the, the things that people like. It hasn't been just like one thing in particular. It's been like mm-hmm. this joke or that joke or the beginning or the middle. So you know people are really watching it. So it's been great, that's man. Amazing. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm gonna keep clipping it up and then, you know, hopefully the goal is to be able to use it in a way that I can maybe get a Comedy Central little digital set or 
use that to submit for JFL next year. So I don't have to like worry about getting tapes for JFL, you know, just, just kind of taking some of the ease out of what does Danny do and just having that to show people, you know, for next year is like the really the, the biggest goal of it. I mean, I'm not going to make any money off of it unless I sell it after the fact. So yeah, right. it's been crazy. I mean, yeah. I, it's been good. Yeah. I mean, you should be, you should definitely be so proud. And I think that's, I think that's a testament too. And one thing that's, I mean, I, I, I scroll through the comments every once in a while of yours, like a proud uncle out here, like just like, yeah, that's my <laughs> but it, it's, it's cool to see, like you said, there's your beginning of it is a little alt. Like it's not like, you know, yeah. it's, it, it really displays your acting chops. And like my dad watched and he's like, wow, like Danny's acting like multiple times. Kind of the point where I'm like, this is getting awkward. Like I'm your son, please support my comedy. Uh, no, he's, he's like, man, the acting's good. And I mean, obviously, yes, in a perfect world, you'd be like, everybody loves every single thing that I do. But I think it's kind of awesome when you see three, four comments like, wow, I love the beginning. That was so special. And then one random person hating on it. And it's yeah. like, what the yeah, yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. It's like, clearly you didn't get it. Like, here's all these people that like, or even the fact that sometimes I try to reposition, like reframe my mindset of like, dude, like you said, you only had like, you had like no subscribers on YouTube. And now all of a sudden you're getting enough views where random people are hate commenting on it. It's like, dude, right. that's right, right, right. That honestly, that is sick because yeah, if it was all hate comments, but it's like, it's clearly there's so many more likes and views and shares than there are like the f- couple like random, maybe two comments on it. But that even is also a testament to like, look how this is reaching people by word of mouth, by people mm-hmm. sharing and people actually taking the time. Like, yeah, in the day and age of reels and TikTok, it's like, oh, if it's less than a million, it's nothing. But also 10,000 10, people like took time to watch right. and and not it's easy to get it, it could be easy to get 10,000 people to watch something for 20 seconds but like to put out a half hour special and actually get people to right. tune in for a quarter a half all of it like a long form thing like people have such short attention span so if you haven't yeah I look at it in a couple special good yeah 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 I look at it in a couple different ways how this is affecting me one yeah to your point for sure like uh, I can't judge 10,000 views on a 40 minute special to a TikTok because it's two totally different things. And, but also more importantly, it's, 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 and I never was like this before I put this out, but it is definitely has changed my perspective on judging people's art as a creator too. Like a lot, a lot of podcast culture now is just like, we just, we don't do this, but a lot of podcasts are just replying to current events. Who put something out? And then let's critique it. That's what, you know, literally 70% of shows are like that, if if not more. And this kind of, kind of reaffirmed, like, bro, you really got to not only watch people's stuff with a blank slate, but also, like, understand where they're coming from with it. Like, understand the background of it. Like, take the time to research. Like, when I look at movies sometimes, there's nothing that I like more than watching a movie. And then going back and like researching what, what the story like, where the origin of the story was, or like was this character Wikipedia real, dive. or yeah, like after the facts, and it makes you appreciate the stuff way more. Like, or like House of Gucci, when I watched that movie, it's like I want to know how much of that stuff was real. And it's such a funny kind of corny movie, but it's like, oh, this is kind of actually what happened. This is dope. Like the clothes was real, all this kind of stuff. It really happened. And so I think a lot of us 
need to, before we critique people, like actually learn how to make stuff. And it happens too in sports sometimes. You'll see it where you know, Shannon Sharp will be arguing, used to be arguing with Skip when they were both on the same show. And Shannon's like, bro, you don't know what it's like to play in the NFL. And it's like, it's true. You don't want to just diminish people's opinions, but at a certain point, it's like, bro, if you don't make stuff, it's super easy for you to just only critique people's stuff. Definitely. You know, um, we, we, we're all owed an opinion for sure, but I just think my perspective on how I judge people's art is totally different. Yeah, like especially after, like you said, doing a special, seeing how much it takes to, whether it's money, time, resources, communication, to just get off something, you know. Yeah. And that, that's even more like homegrown grassroots. Like, it, yeah, it, put, it gives people more respect. It gives you more respect for people like actually trying to trying to put stuff out there. I mean, that's what even I, f- I feel like sometimes it's easy for comedians to look at the people who are in favor of the algorithm and who are posting all like the crowd work clips. And it's like they don't even have real jokes. It's just crowd work. Dude, after after like headlining some shows where I like, oh, have crowd work bits that I want, like the amount of time that it goes to like either yourself to actually clip it up, edit it, like angles this, or the, yeah. the, the people who are the, the headliners that are fortunate enough where they're successful, where they can bring in their own camera people. Like even that, having watched, having get, gotten to open for some of those people, like the amount of time that they're sitting down with them, discussing it, like they're basically talking about it, like they are launching their own, TV show, they're like, okay, from this time to this yeah. time, and I want you to focus on this and edit it like this. And it just even makes you realize, like, okay, yeah, we can all hate on the people for, oh, they're just a corny crowd work comic or whatever it is, but it's like, dang, the amount of, I think that goes for all of life. If you're, if you, if you take the angle of like one, I've been, like I said, my mom going through hospice, I've been trying to lead with more empathy. Like if you take the angle of empathy and like, oh, what did they have to go through to make that happen? I think it makes you one more appreciative and it makes you one more like inspired and collaborative to then make your art better in the first place. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. we get a little more introspective and real on this episode. You know, sometimes it's real it, it can't all be bits. I'm 31. I'm grown. You're not my dad. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any dates? Or are we doing dates this week? Or are we doing this week? Yeah, you can tell how um you can tell how well planned this is, guys. This is just a quick, this is just a quick little callback. Our callback today is I need I need you to email callbacks callbackspod at gmail dot com. Slide in the DMs on Instagram callbackspod. Slide in Danny's DMs. Follow sellers. Follow in mine. Same as leaves. What was the thing? Don't start with my name. <laughs> what was the thing at your school that looking back that maybe you, what was the thing looking back at that at your school was problematic that you didn't realize was problematic or like, and look, we're doing bits. We're trying the lighthearted fun. Yeah. Well, some of these aren't that lighthearted funny, but like we can, we can make them, but maybe even you, you knew they're problematic. Because recently, I've talked, I've talked about this on the pod before. I've kind of talked about it on stage, but I had this school that was trying so hard to be welcoming to the LGBTQIA plus community that on National Coming Out Day, they're like, at a school assembly, they're like, we believe love is love and we support you. So if you're gay, stand up. And the kids are just like, no, <laughs> like you're fun. rounding us up. 
So I posted. You just this, said that before on. we started recording, and it still makes me laugh. <laughs> Thinking about the different scenarios of like what the kids' faces was like, and also the people that didn't know they were going to do this, like the adults in the room. I was like, hold on, what? Because after yeah. no one stood up, they had to immediately felt like, oh, this is the dumbest shit I could have ever suggested yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah, just it was not thought through. So anyway, I I told the story on social media and posted it, and we got we got a couple comments. Um, <laughs> this one made me laugh. It's always church, <laughs> man. Churches, churches be churching sometime because this woman wrote in saying, <laughs> "Let me pull it up real quick." Um, back in the day when I used to go to church. My husband and I were going to a church where the super old pastor was going on and out about celebrating diversity and how they had a goal of having a diverse congregation. And then they literally asked all of the minority congregants to stand up so we could clap for them. That's awkward. Same thing. Yes. In what world is it like an old white guy? Black like, people stand up. Let us tokenize you even more. Like, look it. We're not all white. And they're all in the back too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Stand up in the rafters. Black. And the other the other person that wrote in saying that their school in the early two thousands for African American or Black History Month um made fried chicken and watermelon for lunch. That's wild. We also at Elon, be, whoever had, did that needs to be fired. Yeah, hundred percent. At Elon where I went to college, we had fried chicken Thursdays. Every Thursday, fried chicken. It wasn't racist. It was actually phenomenal. But it was funny because <laughs> at my school... It wasn't racist. Movies, it was actually phenomenal is the new... That's the that's the tagline for this podcast. Towards, yeah, <laughs> right. It wasn't... Uh, it, it wasn't... It was just every week in our school. I, let, let, let me know if your school is like this too or people that are listening. Every We have multiple dining halls. There's always like the newest dining hall. Then there was yeah. like the medium one, and there was kind of like the old one that like first started when the school started. So we had this medium one, but all the most ratchetest people in the local town worked at this one in this one specific dining hall. It was called Harding Harding Dining Hall at Elon. And I don't know if I have anybody that went to Elon know Harding Dining Hall. So they would they would have Friday they would play music. And we would leave practice and go to fried chicken Thursdays. It was like the club. Like we would put our school clothes back on after practice to have fried Phone chicken clips and all. as if yes, polo down. Business casual. <laughs> yes, cardigans. Post practice, post college football practice, fried chicken Thursdays. Shout out to Harder Dining Hall. That, that shit used to jump, bro. Oh my god, it used to jump so hard. Good. That reminds me. We. Ours was Thursdays too. We had a uh, we had a cook. We had a cook. Uh, Mama D was the cook at our school. Where our school was more in the cafeteria. Uh, yeah, and Mama D had Mama D had Soul Food Thursdays, and Ooh, hey, she was herself. sticking her she was sticking her foot in it. Yes, she was going crazy in the kitchen, and she would. This is how you know, like when an old black lady starts preaching the gospel as she's feeding you soul food it's just even if you're not a religious person it is just an experience she would always go hey are you walking in the fog are you walking in the fog and i'm like the fog she's like the favor of god and like when it would like drop this whole message as she's serving you like all the soul food so that's as uh, a black kid i went to a predominantly white school 
a lot of people, if you're black, you know, you're with the partner white school. Those lunch ladies and those janitors, those people saved you a little bit. Like they really helped the vibes because they would be like the auntie little, you know, you know, half the time they wouldn't even know your name. They'd just be like, how you doing, baby? You know, you would go there yeah. four years, they wouldn't even know your name, but they would just know you by the vibes and they would just help right. your vibe. You know, they give you food, they clean up or whatever. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is the best. Like it was your home away from home kind of. It's like when uh, Jim in the office looks at the camera when Dwight's doing something stupid. Those 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 people for you were like like you just could look at them and be like this. You seen this yeah. white shit? And they're just like I got you. <laughs> I see yeah. it. Right. Yeah. That's from my experience. Like, That's from my experience as a as a as a you know as a black kid in a predominantly white school. Yeah. As a, uh, these are bits. These are, are bits. You, All right. We we used to be white. Yeah. Didn't we all? Um, I don't know what that means. That started, feels really problematic. I, you know what? Let I me get the notes out. Apology ready. Um, <laughs> guys, this has been a little more laid back. It's been a little more laid back. saying that I was African-American. Sorry, I'm running over yeah. your thoughts. Go ahead, brother. No, you're not running over me. I, I'm more, my internet connection's bad. So if it seems like we're talking over each other a little more this episode, look, this, this episode's for the true fans. This was more just laid yeah. back life update, talking yeah. about what we got going on. Before we get out of here, Danny, our second favorite segment, Danny's isms. I feel like you kind of gave it on, on the pot already, but you got a, you got a life lesson with Danny for the road. Yeah, man. I don't know. My ism this <laughs> week. A, such a certain, yeah, man. And then immediately, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like my ism this week, bro, is just like, don't be at home. I feel like I may have, might have wrote something down, but I don't think I did. But I, I just, in general, ooh, I, I do have one, a good one. Uh, every My ism this week is everybody doesn't have to have a statement about everything. Mm. The world is so much complex stuff. I know I have mm. one. I, that's why I had to pause for a second. Everybody has just something to say about everything. And sometimes it's just exhausting because I think it's okay to just not have the answers and think that whatever is going on in the world is unfortunate. And mm. that is it. I look back sometimes and I think about like, you know, maybe maybe our grandparents were like the last generation and maybe even our parents a little bit. It's like when you... At that point in time, maybe it was the 50s or the even the, the 60s. Like, I guess World War, Vietnam was the first time they you kind of saw news globally and like the hippies and stuff. But like mm -hmm. you used to not have to worry about what was going on in the world outside of your city and what you could touch. And right. granted, you don't want to be naive to what the world, what's going on in the world and like not um, be educated about what's going on in the world. But I've been meeting, I've been talking to a lot of friends, especially here in L.A., and I feel like people's days have been like really, really affected by what's going on in the world. And not to say that they don't have the right to want to know or even like feel bad about what's going on in the world. But I can't, I can't personally go throughout every single day worrying about every single thing that's going on in the world globally because it's going to fuck up my day to the point where I can't be a good person to others. And I think and I'm not, I'm not alone in that. I don't think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some really 
this is not this podcast is not the source for these kind of things. So I would just say like uh, we do live in an age yeah. where you can educate yourself. So take time to educate yourself. You know, don't don't just let um, you know don't be silent on all things. Stand up for you know justice, and also for at the same sure. time, friend of the pod Eli Leonard, who like very like majored and studied things in college like that were in relation to like Israel Palestine and like you know as someone who is on the receiving end of a lot of anti-Semitism, he was telling me, he's like, I'm trying to teach more of my friends to say that's above my pay grade. Kind of to your point. Like, and not not in a way that it's like, hey, oh, well, I'm just gonna, don't ask, don't tell, keep my head in the ground and act naive. Like, you still, you know, like, hey, let's stand up for, like, human issues. But, yeah, too many, like, when the influencer is like, Guys, yeah. what's happening is bad. And it's just like, okay, you're not the person that we want to hear from on this. Yeah. It's, it's, so. I don't know. It's, and it's not even just that. It's, it's, it's the George Floyd stuff. It's like sometimes we should just, I don't know. It's hard. Let the experts speak. You got two ears and yeah. one mouth. So listen yeah. twice as much, little babies. Don't want to end on a, on a bad vibe note. But anyways, thank y'all for listening to call back yep. little babies and little babettes. Appreciate you. Like, comment, subscribe. Please, some more five-star ratings would be lovely. Make sure you follow Danny at Follow Sellers. And hey, and lastly, I I do, as much as I want you to be fans of us individually, it is cool all the people that I, like, interact with us or we bump into that are just somehow became fans of the pod. You don't even know. Like, you don't follow either yeah. of us on social media. You just are like, oh, this seems like a cool pod. Of course, we love when you follow and support us individually, but it's cool that some of y'all just know us as a cool podcast. So thank you for listening. I could use the followers. One, Sam doesn't need any more followers. I need I need them followers, please. I'm trying to actually get to 100K. So if I'm so close. I'm, if I'm about, can tell a friend to I'm tell about, a friend. Yeah, I need to be able to, to, to maneuver in this world. At least give me 10. If I can get 10, I'll shut up. I need I need I need six thousand white ladies from Minnesota to follow me tonight. I know we got an them. audience. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm a preacher. I need. Sorry if I just ruined that rant at all. The, the screen just blew up on my side. But whatever Danny said, I stand on ten toes. Unless yeah. it was him saying that I'm a terrible person, then uh... I was saying that I was saying I'm a, I'm a preacher at the end of the church, like like, like those pre, those gospel like uh, telemercials. I need I need. 3,500 to 6,000 white women from Sam's page to follow me tonight. <laughs> Need so that. I can get popping. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Get them safe.